and um, they're quite amazing. And uh, Grandad is um, all there in, in his head. He's all there. He's totally there. You can chat to him about anything you want to chat to him about. He knows about it. He's read the news. He's listened to the news. He's, he's there. He's fantastic. He, he's got it. Um, however, his body isn't quite the same. Okay, so you sit there and you have this amazing conversation with Gran, who's losing her marbles a little bit and can't hear anything and bless her heart. She's like, you're talking and she's like not understanding. And you've got granddad who understands, but she's physically well. And you've got granddad who um, understands everything, um, but isn't as physically well. So they sort of muddle along together between the two of them. And he's, he's fine in his head, but his body, the one thing he can't do is if he lifts his arms higher than his waist, he falls backwards, okay? He's literally wobbles over, okay? I'm not sure what does it, but he just goes backwards. And uh, bless him, if he reaches for anything in the cupboard, he's gone. If he anything he does, he's gone. And the other day, he said to you, he was out pruning his trees, cutting his trees, and uh, he just went above head that height, and he went backwards, okay? And Graham was in the kitchen baking a cake, and uh, Grandad was flat on his back in the long grass, okay, in the long grass, and he was saying, I've fallen and I can't get back up. I can't get back up. Actually, there was no... She, she was no use at all. He had to just crawl into the house, and when he got back to the house, um, eventually... Um, she sorted him out and uh, he had fallen down and he couldn't get back up. And in the Bible, James brings us a fantastic reminder. In James 3 verse 2, he says, we all stumble in many things. We all stumble. We all fall down and fall down in many things. And sometimes it's a physical fall. Sometimes we actually fall down physically, okay? And we fall down and we can't get back up, okay? Other times, we fall down spiritually, okay? And we have a moment in our spiritual lives where we fall and feel like we can't get back up. And other times, this is what, this is what I'd like to, us to speak about and think about this evening, is that sometimes we can fall and find ourselves in a low place emotionally, that we struggle to get back up from. It's an emotional place that we don't seem to be able to shake. We find ourselves feeling low. Now, I know many of us over the years, many of us um, have struggled with depression, and that's not what I'm talking about this evening. Okay, I want to make that very clear, that if you struggle with depression, then the best thing to do is get doctor's support and doctor's help and be under doctor's care. But what I want to talk about this evening is those day-to-day -day feeling down in the doldrums. You know, do you ever get that? Where you just feel a bit low? It's those kind of days. And I've spoken to many people, and this is where it's kind of come from over the last few weeks, who said, it's just hard work at the moment. I'm tired, I'm low, and it, I just feel a bit flat at the moment. It's that kind of feeling where we feel a bit low emotionally. And um, I don't know if it's coming out the back of lockdowns and COVID or whether it says lots of viruses going around or we're just longing for a bit of sunshine. Okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, did you hear that groan that went across the building? Okay, um, yeah, we went for a walk yesterday and I just thought we haven't had one of those beautiful spring sunny days, have we yet? It just keeps on raining. Um, Rachel sent me a photo before of our two girls on the trampoline with their 
umbrellas up as they were bouncing on the trampoline with umbrellas because of the rain. It's that kind of weather, isn't it? And we're kind of feeling a bit bleh, a bit low. And if you're feeling like that, then I want to say to you this evening, you can take heart because you're in good company. You're in good company. I've really been enjoying looking at the Old Testament characters with the children over the last few weeks. We've been going over, looking at some of the Old Testament characters, and we've been looking at it in quite a simple, childlike way, but it's really come back to life again. Just looking at these characters, it's just been a fantastic um, thing that we've um, been doing, and it's been coming alive to them. I really loved um, Henry this morning, Henry Lloyd. Um, he was chatting this morning in front of the group, and he said, you know what? When we put God at the center of our lives, it's like when I jump off the pier into the sea. He said, it makes a big splash, and then the ripples just go out. And I thought, isn't that amazing that like a child relates that picture to putting God at the center of our lives? And it's just been really lovely to see some of the Old Testament characters and stories coming alive um, through the children. So tonight, I'd like us to have a look at the life of Elijah. Okay, so we're going to have a look at, little look at Elijah. And I'm not expecting us to know much about Elijah. Okay, some of you will. Some of you have been Christians for many years and have known your Bibles and know the stories, okay, and know it all back to back. Like, okay, others of us, this will be new and we're kind of learning as we go. And uh, we'll be applying it to our lives um, today, looking at the life of Elijah. The Bible story of Elijah is found in the Old Testament in, the, in 1 Kings, two Kings, there's two books of Kings, the first book of Kings, and it's in chapter 17 and 18. And Elijah's story begins by telling us about the life of the Israelites at this time, okay? So the condition that the Israelites are living under at this time, and it's not that great. In fact, it's quite bad. It's a difficult time. There's been many kings many different kings, and many of them have been wicked or evil, okay? And they're living in a very difficult time. And God was really troubled about what the Israelites were experiencing. And so he called his prophet Elijah to go and guide them out of this corruption, okay, and the suffering that they were living under. So before Elijah actually arrives in Israel, I'm just going to give you a bit of the history. Before he arrives in Israel, God sends a drought, okay, a drought upon the land because he's so unhappy with the people. Um, Elijah, he was living out in the desert, okay, he was drinking water that was out in the desert. He was by this river with drinking water. And the Bible says, okay, this is bizarre, wait for bizarre moment in the Bible, that he was fed by ravens, okay? So a um, little bizarre bit, I don't know about you, but I would find it a bit bizarre if a raven brought me my food each day, um, okay? I get really cross when the seagulls come and nick my chips. Um, so I don't know, I've been a bit squeamish even, a bit like, ooh, not sure if I want to eat that now. But that's how it was, okay? It says the ravens brought him his food each day. And eventually this river dries up and God instructs Elijah to go to the home of a widow who will provide him with food and water, okay? So Elijah gets up and he goes to this town and he sees the widow and he asks her for some water and some bread. And she says, actually, I've only got a small amount of flour and just a little bit of oil left. I don't have much left. This is all I have left. I'm just gathering up the sticks. I'm going to make some bread this evening, which is probably our last meal to feed myself and my son. 
Now, Elijah, he speaks to her and he assures her that God will not allow the food to run out until the rain returns. Until the rain comes, the food will not run out. And this widow, she trusts in Elijah and the food doesn't run out until it rained again. Sometime later, the widow's son became really ill. The widow that he was living with, the son became really ill. In fact, he became so sick that he passed away. And the widow was really troubled by this. This really bothered this lady. And she said to Elijah, I think the reason why my son has passed away is because I welcomed you into my home. I think you're the cause of this all happening. You're the reason behind this tragedy. And although Elijah was blamed, although Elijah was blamed by the widow, he still prayed and he still trusted in God for the boy to be brought back to life. And a miraculous event occurred and the boy came back to life. He came back to life. Can you imagine it? Can you imagine where we'd be this evening if Steve... Okay, you've been to the park this afternoon and you, you had the opportunity, you prayed for this child who came back to life. We'd be like, amazing God, awesome God. What, an, what a miracle has happened here. It's amazing. Our God is all powerful, all awesome. This child had come back to life. And when Elijah returned the boy to the mother, the woman could couldn't believe it. And then she recognized that Elijah truly was a man of God. What an experience in Elijah's life. What a, a mountaintop moment. What a walk with God in Elijah's life at that moment. The second event in Elijah's life that I'd like to look at is the story as it continues. He confronts this king. He goes to this king, the evil king Ahab, and he talks to him about being the cause of all the problems causing all, he was the one who was causing all the problems for the people of Israel. And Elijah challenges this King Ahab to a demonstration of power because Ahab worshipped a different God. He worshipped a God called Baal. And he challenges him to kind of like a, what would you call it, a standoff or whatever you call it, on, yeah, <laughs> of um, gods, okay? And the challenge is to offer sacrifices to their respective gods, and they were going to pray to their gods. And whichever god sent fire down on the sacrifice, it would prove that that god was the all-powerful, all-awesome, almighty one. So Ahab's prophets, they turn to Baal, and there they are praying over their sacrifice. They're praying, and they're praying, and they're praying, and nothing happens. Nothing happens. And then it's Elijah's turn, and he, he's there before his sacrifice, and he's going to call on God to send fire. And he's so confident in his God. What does he do? He drenches that sacrifice in water. He pours water over it. He soaks it. That's how confident he was um, in his God. Then Elijah, he began to pray, and he says this. This is from the Bible. O oh Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant, and I've done all these things at your command. Answer me, O oh Lord, answer me, so these people will know that you, O oh Lord, are God and that you, that, that you are turning their hearts 
back again. And then God sent this fire and the flames engulfed the sacrifice. There's this huge fire and the people um, of Israel, they rejoiced and they turned to God. They turned back to God, newfound faith in God. And the fire was followed by rain and the drought came to an end by the grace of God. It was amazing. The Israelites, they lost their faith in Ahab and followed Elijah's guidance, trusting and recognizing the awesomeness and the power of God. What a story. What an amazing story that is. Can you imagine being there? What a mountaintop experience. Amazing experience of God, trusting God, faith in God. There's this fire sent from heaven. Amazing. Awesome. When did you have an experience like that? When was the last time you had a mountaintop experience with God where you could say, that was God, because it couldn't be done on my own? Think about it. Right, tell the person next to you. (laughs) When did you have a mountaintop experience with God? Because we all have them at times. They don't have to be as dramatic as fire coming out the sky. But when was your mountaintop experience with God? What happened? Just tell the person next to you for a moment. Okay, fantastic. There we go. Right, mountaintop experiences. It might be when you came to know Jesus. It might be another time. It might be something else, a situation where you just knew God was there in your life. These mountaintop moments that really help us. Well, this is some pretty impressive stuff here by Elijah, a mighty man of God. And that that moment, Elijah must have been overwhelmed with excitement and joy. Can you, you know, like you've proved that you're God. God has sent this fire from heaven. He was full of wonder. But you know, he was also a man who became very low. He got very low. And ironically, it came straight after he had just experienced one of the greatest moments, probably, on his spiritual journey. How often does that happen to us? How often does that happen to us? Okay, he had challenged these false prophets of Baal on a mountaintop. Fire came from heaven, consumed his waterlogged sacrifice. And he may have thought that would be enough to transform this evil king Ahab and the wicked witch of a wife, Queen Jezebel. He might have thought that would be enough. But actually, it wasn't to be. (laughs) That wasn't what happened after Elijah had shown the power, the awesome power of God, Ahab's wife Jezebel planned to have him killed. She set out a plot to have Elijah killed. And I think the reaction of Elijah may surprise some of us because all of this amazing thing stuff has happened. He's seen the power and the awesomeness of God. You would think, You know, I trust in God, I'm fearless. But actually his response was quite different. The Bible tells us that when Elijah heard of the plot, when he got wind of the plot on his life, he was terrified. Terrified. And 1 Kings tells us that Elijah was afraid and he fled for his life. He was so fearful, he fled for his life. Why did he do that? Why was he so gripped with fear after everything that he'd seen God do? Simply put, he was human, just like you and I. 
He was just a human man. And Elijah then isolated himself and he kind of went off on this little one person, poor old me, pity party. You know, he went off and he hid and he, and he went into himself. He isolated himself. The Bible tells us that he went alone in the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree. If anyone can tell me what a broom tree is, what does that look like? I don't know. Sat down underneath it, hid underneath it. I kind of like to think of it like a big weeping willow kind of, he went in it um, under this tree and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life for I'm no better than my ancestors who've already died given up. He went under this tree after all that he'd seen, after all that he'd experienced. He was in a low point. And it's a great encouragement to me that some of the greatest men and women of faith that we look up to, they have low points. They get discouraged. They get afraid. They feel down. They've seen the power of God and yet they still wobble, just like we wobble and we fall backwards and on our back. They wobble. They have times when they feel low and they despair. And so I want us to look at four helpful things just quickly this evening to help keep us focused in those times, to help keep us going in those times in the life of Elijah so that we can see the goodness of God rather than our place of despair or our circumstances. Firstly, times of vulnerability often come after a great spiritual success or we've made a step of faith. Well, have you noticed when you make a decision for God, or do something, then something comes in. And it's like, ah, oh. Elijah had just experienced the greatest victory of his ministry, winning over those false prophets while the nation watched in wonder. He'd been preparing for this moment, and then suddenly, bam, it was all over. Just like that, it was gone. It was all over. And perhaps that's happened to you as well. Maybe you took a step of faith for God. You took a leap of faith. You decided to do something in your journey for God. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, you're hit with a health problem or a relationship breaks down. Or you come to church and you, you say, yes, God, and you make a response. Then you go home and you have a blazing row with whoever's at home, just out of nowhere, because someone didn't unload the dishwasher. You know, those sorts of things. Where does it come from? Where does it come from? It, the, your marriage might have difficulties, you might have difficulty at school or work situation. These things happen often when we take a step of faith and, and, and have a spiritual moment. Each year I really look forward to, and this year again, I'm really excited about Upfest, our summer festival. I love it, you know, I absolutely love it. And I know a lot of you, Sandra, you'll be gone, but you're coming back for it, aren't you? I'm really excited. Sandra's even booked to come all the way back from Germany for Upfest, which is amazing. Um, so um, we're really looking forward to it. It's a great time, and um, I really love it. And we have an amazing time together, worshipping, camping together, feeling smelly together, you know, all those wonderful things that make a weekend so good um, and uh, love it all. However, the day after, on the Monday, I always feel a bit, you know, just a bit low, a bit, you know, I've had a great time. Um, and then I just feel a bit, a bit down. But I've, this year, I've learned to expect it, and I'm going to wait for it, and I'm going to prepare for that Monday morning when I wake up, an emotional slump that kind of comes after a groundbreaking moment with God. Okay, it kind of comes. But on the first year, it kind of surprised me. I thought I'd be on a high, and then I went, Ooh. But one thing I've learned, one thing I've learned is that when we have a great time 
spiritually, when we have a, those moments in our lives where we feel on the mountaintop, I try to remember that I have to return to normal again. What do I mean by that? I, can, I would love to, yeah, of course, I'd love to live with you all the time in a commune, you know, all together, um, camping together, waking up, having breakfast with you every morning, spending an evening together. Of course, I'd love to do that all the time. That would be an amazing, amazing time. But I, I can't do that. And I have to return to normal again. I might not be normal. God might have changed me and done stuff in me but I have to go back into a normal situation. And the important thing is for me to take that, what God's done, back into my normal situation, to take the amazing thing that God has done into my everyday, to take that mountaintop experience into my everyday mundane things. I need to take God with me. I mustn't focus on my emotion. I need to keep God at the center. Focus on God, not on my emotion. It was a defining moment when I first took on this role and Andy Wade said to me, he's not here tonight, but he reminded me that you're never as good or as bad as people say. <laughs> That's true, isn't it? You're never as good or as bad as people say you are. We are simply God's servant. We're simply servants of God. Give the glory to God and keep moving Keep moving. Don't live in the past. Keep preparing for the future. There's a great sign on the end of a runway in an airport that reads, keep moving. If you stop, you're in, you are in danger and a danger to those who are flying. Okay, we can't stop. We've got to keep moving. Elijah stopped. He stopped moving and he became paralyzed by his fear and discouragement. He wasn't thinking clearly anymore. He wasn't seeing the future. He wasn't clearly thinking. He made such a difference in his world. Here we are today, thousands of years later, just talking about him. But he wasn't thinking clearly. He wasn't seeing the future. Secondly, when you're feeling spiritually a bit low, surround yourself with friends. Don't isolate yourself. You know, after Queen Jezebel had threatened Elijah, the Bible tells us that he went on... a on alone into the wilderness traveling all day but that was probably his mistake you know because when you're on your own you mull things over in your mind and those tiny things become giants don't they you just mull and mull and mull and mull and you know if I have something on my mind I think about it think about it think about it then wake up in the night think about it I tell Martin he'll go da -da -da, and I'll go oh yeah that's right <laughs> and sorts it out you know we need people around who can encourage us you can help us see what the truth is. He, Elijah, what he should have done is found a trusted friend who could have encouraged him, who could have said to him, remember what God's done. Look at what God's done for you, Elijah. Look at all the amazing things to remind you of how far you've come. And often when we're down, it's our temptation to separate ourselves, to withdraw. Sometimes it's hard to see people when we're feeling low. But we should do the opposite. Even Jesus, Jesus himself, he asked Peter, James, and John to be there with him in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was at his lowest. He asked his friends, he asked his companions to stay with him. It says his soul was overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, and he wanted his closest friends to be around him. That's what we need to do too. Research shows that, shockingly, three out of five people feel lonely. Three out of five people, that's a huge statistic, feel 
lonely. What someone said, experts have, got, have long known that loneliness and isolation have long-ranging effects on the mind and body, ranging from anxiety and depression to vulnerability to illness. Yet having just one or two friendships can dramatically decrease loneliness. Just one or two friendships. Surround yourself with friends. Thirdly, don't ignore the practical when you're feeling down. We need to get practical sometimes. The Bible tells us that after Elijah, he'd crawled under this broom, whatever it looked like, okay, this broom. Um, no Bible scholars in here can tell me what a broom looks like, but there you go. He climbed under this broom in the wilderness and asked for God to take his life. He lay down and slept. But as he was sleeping, I love it. An angel didn't say, oh, God from on high has sent this message. The angel comes and tells him, get up and eat. Get up and eat. Get up and eat. I'd love an angel to say that to me. Get up and eat. Okay, get up and eat. And he looked around, and there beside his head was some baked bread on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank, and he lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, Get up and eat some more. How fantastic is that? Get up and eat some more or the journey ahead will be too much for you. Sometimes when we're feeling down, we don't need a sermon, we need a sandwich, okay? That's what you need, okay? You simply need to go and make a sandwich, all right? Uh, we need a nap and some lunch. Sometimes we forget the practical basics of looking after our physical bodies. We need sleep, we need food, we need good food, take care of ourselves. There is a massive difference between Martin and my self-care, okay? And someone who knows me well, knows us well, is Lucy Glass. She sat at the back row tonight, Lucy. And Lucy said to us last week, you look a bit tired. You look a bit tired. So there she comes in, and she comes and she brings me a bath bomb and bath melt. And Friday, ran my bath, put my bath melt in to relax, sat in the bath, little relax, listening to the youth club below. <laughs> Joke. <laughs> sat in the bath, had this relax, and oh, it's lovely. Martin, do you know what she brought Martin to relax? His best gift of the year? She bought him a goose egg, okay? A goose egg. A flipping great goose egg. And on Friday, he cracked this goose egg into a frying pan and he cooked his goose egg. The yolk was the size of a coaster. It was massive, massive great yolk like this, okay? Huge huge great yolk like this, okay, and um, filled the frying pan. If you want a photo of it, I'll show you later. It was disgusting. There's no way that was going in my mouth. Martin was a happy boy on Friday as he munched through his goose egg. I don't know what it's going to take you. Will it take a goose egg for you or a bath or something? A bit of self-care. Relax, enjoy, find something that you need to do. Take care of yourself. We, we, we don't do it enough. And I'm speaking to myself. We don't do it enough just taking care of ourselves. Finally, last point, you'll be pleased. When you feel down, we need to get some perspective from God's word. We can't escape it. We need to read God's word. We need to be in the Bible. We need to hang on to the promises of God. The Bible says of Elijah, so he got up and ate 
and drank. And the food gave him enough strength to, follow, to travel for 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. Then he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, what are you doing in there, Elijah? Sometimes when we're feeling down, we need to look up. We need to put our eyes up. We need to let God speak to us. Otherwise, we sink deeper and deeper down into despair. And where does God speak to us? He speaks to us through his word, the Bible. That's where he speaks to us. Most of all, he speaks to us through his word. And here's what happened next between Elijah and God. I'm just going to read this. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by. And a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was a terrible earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. There was a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here, Elijah? And so often we tend to look for God in the big events, the big events of our life. And he is there, but he's often working in the small things. He's working behind the scenes in our lives, attentive to every single little detail. Listen for God's voice. Listen for God's voice. Sometimes we miss the gentle whisper of that small, still voice. And maybe right now, as I'm speaking, you find yourself in a cave of sorts. You find yourself in that cave. Maybe you feel unloved. You feel unappreciated. You feel a bit down. Lately, you've been feeling low. I want to encourage you to listen for God, to God's voice in your life. The question that God posed to Elijah, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Could be asked of many of us today. It could be asked of Peter. Do you remember Peter warming himself at that fire? God could have said, Peter, what are you doing here? A few weeks ago, we looked at the story of Samson and Delilah. Do you remember that? When we looked at that story and Samson had his head in the lap of Delilah, even though Delilah had said to him, can you tell me the secret of your strength? He still put his head in her lap. God could have said in that moment, Samson, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Or maybe to the prodigal son. We spoke about the prodigal son a couple of weeks ago. You know, that son is left home, finds, it, finds himself in that pig pen, in the pit, sitting there with the pigs. Jesus could say to him, to the son, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? You know, this evening I feel it's time to leave that cave or maybe that pig sty. Maybe that place you know you shouldn't be, and to find God's purpose for our life again. To find God's purpose for our life again. He had a plan for Elijah, and he has a plan for you as well. He has a plan for you as well. We just need to hold on to the promise of God. But tonight he says to us, what are you doing here? 
what are you doing here? So I'm going to ask, I'm not, I'm not actually going to ask the band to come back at this moment. Um, we're going to pray. I want the band to be prayed for too. So I'm going to ask Adrian in a moment, could you just play some quiet music? Is that right? Have you got a quiet music set list for, I don't know what it says, prayer time for a set list or something. And um, what we're going to do is I'm just going to pray for us. And then I'd like you to pray. Um, if, if you're able to, I'd love you just to be in, th in threes, just three of you next to each other, just getting little triplets. Just pray for one another. Pray that God would just take you back to the place um, where he wants you to be, you know. And if you're feeling low, tell, tell, tell your friends. That's what we're here to do. We're here to encourage one another. Tell them, I'm feeling a bit low. Can you pray for me? Um, and uh, we're just going to pray, and then I'm going to get the band back up, and we're going to go into worship. If you don't want to, that's fine. You can just sit and, and see what's going on. That's no problem at all. But Adrian, would you just play some music? And I'm going to ask us all to stand, and I'm going to pray for us, and then just get in little triplets, and we'll just pray for one another um, this evening. Fantastic. Father God, I thank you that you have an amazing plan for each one of our lives. Thank you, Father, that your plan is not for us to remain in that low place, but your plan is to recommission us and for us to find the purpose and the plan that you have for our lives. Father God, I pray for your spirit to come this evening and just to revive us again where we need reviving. Father God, I pray if we just need to just be honest tonight and say I haven't been taking care of myself, that we just remake re that commitment tonight to just take care of ourselves a bit more. Father God, would you just move this evening, I pray. Thank you that we're with friends, that we are with encouragers tonight. Thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. <laughs>